0: You're listening to a sermon podcast for a time like this from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May only truth be spoken and only truth received. Amen. Just a couple things before I launch in. This is the second Sunday in Easter. Last year, on the second Sunday of Easter, we found ourselves bounced from this space over to Elam Chapel, where we spent three months kind of on a sojourn as this place was restored. And here we are again, second Sunday of Easter, and there's only five of us able to gather here. It has been quite a year, hasn't it? Secondly, though, this Wednesday, April 22nd, is Earth Day. It's the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. And to mark that, we're actually going to be uploading a podcast of a lecture that Dr. David Whittacomb did last spring on theology and climate change, with so much swirling around us with this world pandemic, this crisis. It's easy to kind of lose sight of some of those longer-term issues, so I would encourage you not to forget that it's Earth Day, not to forget that we continue to live in a world destabilized in terms of its climate, and to maybe make some time to listen to that podcast sometime later in the week. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked. For fear of the Judeans, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. My peace I bring to you. Two weeks ago, on Palm Sunday, I I cited an article Bishop N.T. Wright had published in Time magazine in which he suggested that what we need right now is to recover the biblical tradition of lament. So in Eastertide, we proclaim this story of Jesus bringing peace, and yet this Eastertide still feels gray, still has a Lenten quality about it, and so we're going to pick up on Bishop Wright's challenge. Lament, he wrote, lament is what happens when people ask why and don't get an answer It's where we get to when we move beyond our self-centered worry about our sin and failing and look more broadly at the suffering of the world. During these weeks in which we are still living with physical distancing, self-isolation practices, and all of the remaining unknowns of how the COVID-19 pandemic will play out both here in Winnipeg and across the global community, it is to these psalms of lament that we will turn for our first reading each Sunday. Now, fully a third of the psalms are laments, or what Walter Brueggemann calls psalms of disorientation. Sometimes the psalms lament something that the writer has done, as is the case with Psalm 51, in which David confesses the depth of his sin against Bathsheba and her husband Uriah. Sometimes the Psalms give voice to some horror, besieging the whole of the community. When the writer cries out to God from a state of exile, how can we sing the Lord's song in this strange land Sometimes the laments express the writer's personal agony over being inexplicably besieged by enemies or adversaries, betrayed by a dear friend, as is the the case in Psalm 55, when the psalmist writes of how awful it is that the person who has betrayed him is you, my equal, my companion my familiar friend with whom I kept pleasant company and walked together in the house of God. Psalm 41 even refers to illness as being the problem and how the writer's adversaries think that, quote, a deadly thing has fastened on me. They're very human, in other words. The Old Testament scholar Rolf Jacobson suggests that these psalms are important for several reasons. First, they give us words for the deepest, darkest nights of our lives, when the bottom drops out, when the pain seems too much to bear. Second, they tell us that God is big enough for everything we've got, our pain, our anger, our questions, our doubts. They even suggest that genuine biblical faith is comfortable challenging God and that God is present with us precisely when it feels like God isn't there. So that light, lament must be seen as an act of faith. Faith that we can dare to express almost inexpressible thoughts and feelings. And to do that in prayer to God, nothing is out of bounds, including the loneliness, the fear, and even trauma that some of us are experiencing in these days that seem to just go on and on and on. So are you feeling a little impatient, impatient with asking why? What does this all mean? Not getting any answer? With God not tackling this killing disease in a direct and miraculous intervention? That impatience and anxiety is all fair game in lament. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? There's the impatience clear in that first line, How long, O Lord? Where are you when I most need you? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day long? Sorrow in my heart all the day long. And isn't that an apt line for these times in which some of us find ourselves alone in our houses or apartments hour after hour after hour? The days can feel so long, so heavy, so without any purpose beyond just making it through one more day till we can go to bed again. Sure, you can take the big picture view, the generous view, say that in staying home alone like that, isolated through long days and nights, you are actually acting out of love and service particularly to the most vulnerable of our neighbors. You are protecting the others, flattening the curve. Stay at home, keep others safe. But for how long can I hold on to that view? How long until we're able to just wander out the door into the sunshine Meet a friend down the street for a cup of coffee and some much-needed companionship in a public space? How long? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death. My enemy will say I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. Oh, here in this psalm there are clearly Enemies. Enemies who are poised to delight in the spiraling downfall of the rider. There's a a subtle bit of pressure being placed upon God, a pressure that says, in effect, if I'm left to spiral like this, O Lord, then my foes will be able to say that you have failed me. We have no identifiable personal enemy in this time of pandemic but rather a very impersonal adversary called the novel coronavirus while certainly a threat to all it is particularly threatening to those who are weakened or compromised by age or pre-existing conditions It's also particularly fierce for people whose health is compromised through conditions of poverty. That has become abundantly clear in the statistics coming out from the United States. In a recent article in The Atlantic, the following information was shared. It said, in New York City's ground zero, Latinos make up 34% of the known deaths from the coronavirus, higher than the 29% share of the city's population. Two small Native American pueblos in New Mexico had higher infection rates than any U.S. county as of Friday. And a Washington Post analysis found that majority black counties had infection rates three times the rate of majority white counties. Yes, it does impact us all, but it is still skewed. It impacts all of us here, even in a city that largely is meeting the challenge of physical distancing. But it is a challenge. And there's a challenge to the small businesses and the charitable organizations. There's the challenge to those who provide aid and support to the vulnerable homeless in our city. And the challenge to those folks themselves, all of the challenges of the unknown all the more reason, of course, to continue to love our neighbor, our most vulnerable neighbor, by embracing together those measures. But how long, O oh Lord? Can we, with this psalmist, still muster the voices, the hope, the resilience to sing out, I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because you have dealt bountifully with me. I will sing to the Lord. We will sing to the Lord. The tones may be muted ones for now, the alleluia's softer. But we will find full voices again, and we will rejoice together. And that together part is so important. We're seeing it now, right? Through these screens, the podcasts, all the other ways we're communicating, the Zoom conversations, we can still walk with the sense that we are not alone. It's not like gathering together, but we're not alone. We are the body of Christ, and Christ is present to us. A week later, Jesus' disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. That, for me, is the single most striking line in tonight's gospel. Thomas had not been with them the previous week, had not shared their experience of being met by the risen Lord, and did not have the courage to believe that Jesus was no longer dead in the ground He couldn't risk the heartbreak of being disappointed yet again. I must have proof, otherwise, no, I can't go there. A week later, Jesus' disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. He's not fled north to Galilee. He's not returned to the fishing boat or whatever else it was that provided his livelihood. He's not broken company with them. He's still there, even though he can't quite bear to believe their story of a risen Jesus. He is still there with them, and that is just so very, very striking. Doubt, fear, anxiety, impatience. How long, O Lord? Sadness. That feeling of being blue or having the blues, they are all diminished through being shared. Though we can't all be here in this space, we can still maintain those connections. We must maintain those connections. Phone and video and all the tech we can avail ourselves of, maddening as it can sometimes be, we must keep finding ways to bear one another's burdens. And still we say, how long, O Lord? Together we say, how long, O Lord? How long? And then, with stubborn resolve, we wait through another day, another long night, another week, keeping company, one with another, as best we can. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table. For information on our church, including further resources during these days of the COVID-19 global pandemic, or to provide support for our online work, visit us online at stbenedictstable.ca. Thanks for listening.